From deep inside the Death Star, I'm Andy Richards. And I'm Bill Mesmer. And welcome to Defrag Tools, the show that takes you inside Microsoft and inside Windows. Welcome back, Bill. Thank you. Bill's from the debugging team, previously here for DX Command and the whole debugger object model. Tell us why you're here today. So we're going to talk a little bit about um, the WinDBG preview that you saw in the last two episodes, and in more particularly around the, um, the notion of the scripting environment and how we've changed the scripting environment from what it was in, in WinDBG. Yeah. Um, it's quite a bit improved from that experience. <laughs> yeah, so for what, 15 years now, we've had this very textual, screen scrapey, terrible experiment, uh, experiment in, in, in command methodology. Yes. Bang Analyze, classic example of a corporate in this space. Um, and then we've you've turned it into an object model. So now um, uh, it's much richer, yes. easier to share data, obvious things like, you know, I can now look at a piece of data and make a table easily. And right, and you can do queries and all sorts of other stuff against yeah. it, yes. So uh, how, what's the experience like? What's the uh, way you approach it in uh, WinDBG Next? Okay, so let me go through one particular little example here. And, and just for your viewers, if you're not familiar with um, DX, NatViz, and JavaScript. We did a series that was episode 138 and 39 on the object yeah. model, and I think 169 and 170 on JavaScript. And yeah. that's kind of deep dives on those particular technologies. So I'm going to I'm going to talk more again about the scripting experience in in the new debugger. Yeah. Um, so what I've got here on my screen, I've brought up a dump file that's just kind of a test that we use. Uh, it's got a bunch of data structures that have just a bunch of random things in them that we run tests against. Cool goo. Yep, so I'm going to bring up one of these as you see in the watch window. And this is kind of similar to what um, Tim and Nick and Andy were showing you before, right? I get this nice experience in the watch window. Um, and again, this is just a bunch of values here. So what I'm going to show now, right, we've got this script window and I'm going to create a, a NatViz. And I've got this nice, again, docking experience. I can put my windows around where I want them. Yep. So what I want to do here is I'm going to, again, just a very basic NatViz. And I'm just going to go and say, OK, this type down here is called expression tester. Um, right, put in expand. So expand is like the plus symbol, plus minus symbol thing? Expand is like the, the NatViz notion of I, want a bunch of I want a bunch of items underneath this. Right, and so I can say item name is foo, and it's m value plus 2. Right, and now the moment I go up here and I click execute on this, you'll notice what just happened down here in the watch window, right? This NatViz that changes the object model, the debugger, right? I created this visualizer and I, I instantly got it. Mm -hmm. And one of the nice things about this as opposed to WinDBG is I can get this rapid experience where I go back and forth and iterate yeah. on my script. So I can just go up to the, to the uh, ribbon up here and I can say, get rid of that, yep. right? Put it back, get rid of that. And so I can get this nice experience that's very, um, very iterative. Yeah. So I want to show one other thing here, right? One, one of the benefits that you get out of this. So suppose I'm editing. I've got my NatViz loaded down here. I'm editing, and I go back, and I say, you know, value plus 3, and I hit execute. You'll notice if you're changing values, just like if a value changed when you step in the debugger, I can see that highlighted yeah. in the watch window. So it makes it very nice. So what scope are you limited to with this expression? So M value is a expression it's the, it's, that's it's associated the, with the thing. What happens if you put a global there? Will, will it trip up? You can, put, you can put a global that is within the scope of the module that that type is talking about. Okay. Um, but mostly it's the expectation for most NatViz is that it's local you're looking at the local context of this type. Yeah. Um, so one of the other things I want to show is just quickly around error flow in this. 
and how you get that. And it's much better, again, it's much more rapid of an iterative process here. So I'm just going to say item slash item. That's not legal netviz. Yep. Right? And I'm going to hit. Great XML, bad netviz. Yep. I'm going to hit execute here. And you'll notice I get this indication that errors were there. This line is highlighted. And if I hover over it, I can see failed to read node, well formness. Oh, whoops. I, that wasn't the one I expected, well, but it's still, it's still an error. Right? So I can go back and execute. I still have errors here. Unexpected empty item. Right? I can go back and put something in there. It's still a problem here. Item must have name attribute. Right? So I can just go through this in this very rapid, um, in this very rapid fashion. And when now, it, when does he put the foo twice? Would that be an error? If you made two foos? Um, it would be an error, yes. And I don't honestly know where that's going <laughs> to, I won't go through that one because I don't know where that's going to show off the top of my head. They'd be dragons. Um, so here, right, we've gone into a successful script and I see it. Yep. And there's another kind of error I want to go through. And again, this applies to whether you're doing Navis or JavaScript. If I've got some, I'm going to do something silly here, like I'm just going to do reference null pointer. Yep. And I go and I hit this. You'll notice I see down in the watch window, I get this red box and this error, unable to read memory at address zero. Mm -hmm. right? So I can go back and, I, oh, bar, there's some error in whatever's fetching bar. right? I can go back and, yeah, yeah. and do this. Um, one of the other things that I want to show around this, a, a couple, um, you've got kind of IntelliSense here, right? Mm -hmm. So I can see item, and it's, it's based on what it sees in this XML. It doesn't yet fully know the, the schema of NatViz in, for IntelliSense. Also, oh, it's learning from the previous. It's, lear it, it's what VS Code would do when you have an XML file that it does not necessarily have the, the schema for yeah. referenced. Um, so it wouldn't be a bad thing to open up one that's quite well formed, add the new things, and then throw away the, like a template, for example. Sure. Yeah. Yep. So let me show you one other thing about this. So if I go through and I have this script and I, I go, let me save this somewhere. Um, I'll just call this test natviz and I save it. When I go and I make changes here and I hit save again, you'll notice I just hit control S mm -hmm. and I'm updating. So whenever you save one of these scripts, whatever the changes that the current script made to the object model, it's backed by the file. Right. So you, you save it, it saves, and then it immediately takes effect on yeah. the object model. Yeah. Now, NatViz is kind of nice, but really what I want to talk about is the experience that we have with JavaScript. Yep. Um, so that's improved a whole lot even over what we have in NatViz here. So what's the main driving force between the two approaches? We would use NatViz for, for simply, simple expression, simple watch window. NatViz is around, NatViz's primary purpose is around the visualization of types. So if I've got a type that I, a particular type that I want to reformat, I want to show the contents of a vector, um, I want to reformat this expression tester, NatViz is a great way to take a mapping from one C++ expression to another set of C++ expressions. So let's say that the data type was inherently decimal rather than hexadecimal, right? Or with the way it wants to just draw itself. You know, it wants to do one, two, three rather than one B eight. Yes. Is that something that you could do in that viz? Is that the way you yes, do it? Yes, you absolutely or? can. You can put on, on any of the expressions, you can put format specifiers that Visual Studio supports, most of them anyway. Yeah. Like you can put comma D if you want it in decimal or comma X if you want it in hexadecimal. Yeah. So maybe a good example might be you have a D word floating around which actually is an H result, which you really want to kind of see, see more as hex. Yep. Yeah. All right, so let me, I've, I've undone the script. Let me exit here. And I'm going to go, right now, there's, we've got a button up here that will automatically load. Um, when you click it, it'll load the, the JavaScript extension. Yep. And let me go and say, I'm going to open up a new script, extension script. Right? And again, I don't like where it put that. I'm just going to move it over here. 
So one of the first things you'll notice is there's this link here. And when I click it, this is in all the templates when you open up JavaScript, I go to the MSDN documentation. Yep. Right? So I get this, if I don't know how to write a JavaScript script, we've got a great deal of documentation on MSDN about this. Last you can just page. click the, the link in your template and go and read up yep. on how you do particular things. So let me just get rid of the comments here. Now I'm going to show kind of at first the same kind of thing that we did before. If, you've, if you looked at any of the other JavaScript examples, I create an ES6 class. I'm going to have a property accessor that'll return this.m value plus two, right? Very similar to what we did mm -hmm. in NatViz. Now, one of the nice things about JavaScript is that the IntelliSense experience that we get is actually much more reflective, right? We actually get not only what VS Code understands here, but we have definitions for what many of the things in the host object are, as well as a number of things that are in the data model itself. Mm -hmm. So if you've looked at a, a previous JavaScript um, extension, right, there's this initialized script method, and it returns an array that tells you how to modify the object model. And so I'm going to associate this. I'm going to say new host dot, and I don't remember exactly what it is off the top of my head. I can scroll down. Something about, oh, there's this type signature extension and type signature registration, right? So I just go through that, and I can see the signature of the method, right? Yep. It's you know, a JavaScript or prototype, which will become um, the canonical data model for this native type is indicated by the type signature. The formatting needs a little bit of work. But, uh, so I'm going to associate my extension with the thing called expression tester, and I get that full. It knows what parameter I'm talking about. It gives me the help for it. Yep. Um, and then we'll execute this JavaScript script, right? So again, right, I get that same nice view, yep. right? And I can go up and I can modify things as well. So um, it said, for this, uh, this object, for this type called run, expression tester, run this class called right, my, my extension. My extension and any properties that are on my extension will now become the visualizer for that type, right? Mm -hmm. it, it takes over. When, when you do a type signature registration, it takes over what the visualization of that type is. Yep. So if you have a class called foo, you'll probably make a class called my foo visualizer sure. or something. Yep. And kind of build up your library of, of these helpers. Yes. Yep. So we get a similar experience with errors, right? I can say, uh, whoops, and do something silly here. Var x equals undefined, var y equals x dot z. Mm -hmm. And I hit execute, right? I get in line in the, in the script, right? I get the same thing I did before. Yep. Uh, we get a little bit better of an experience um, if you have, for instance, an error in the in runtime, right? Evaluation of say a property. Um, I'll just add one bar here, and I'll do the same thing. X is undefined. Y is x dot z return y, and I hit execute up here, and the script ran, mm -hmm. right? Everything in, in the global code, uh, the global scope. Uh, executed this function, executed into the registration, and you'll see down here we get that error. And I can see in this, right, it's at untitled one, line nine, column nine. And I can yep. go right back up to my source and see what particular line of code caused this failure to evaluate this property. So let's say that that x was a little bit more real. Let's say it was like a, a, a class that has classes derived from it. And Z is only in a derived class and not in the base class. Is it going to bridge that gap between? Polymorphic, not polymorphic, so and that type of thing? By default, what, if you take a native object and you marshal it into JavaScript, by default, it will end up being the static type. We don't automatically switch it to the dynamic. Mm -hmm. You can explicitly, 
I believe the property is called runtime typed object. So if you say x.runtime typed object, it will do that analysis mm -hmm. and figure out what the actual runtime type is. Gotcha. And so you can, you can access derived fields off that. Cool. Quite um, an advanced thing, obviously, but you know, yep. this is what debugging is about, is these weird situations, right? Right. And I can do, I can do other things here, like just as an example of this, I can say, let's, let's say I'm going to put this on something like the, the debugger's notion of a module mm -hmm. right, that comes out of the data model. I can go here and I can say, um, I'm going to, we're going to call this end address, right? It's got base address and size. I'm just going to add end address to modules. Uh, let me get rid of my typo. And I'm going to return this.baseAddress.add, this.size. I use the .add to keep this 64-bit mm -hmm. because JavaScript numerics, if it actually goes to a JavaScript numeric, they only have, they're, they're double. They only have 53 bits of ordinal precision which is a risk for a 64-bit pointer. Yes. Um, and so instead now I can go down here and say named model parent and same class, but I'm going to put this on the notion of debugger.models.module. And I hit execute over here, right? This goes back. And now let me do just a quick, um, do a quick model query on curprocess.modules. Let me dock that over here so we have a big space to look at this. And I'll switch this to the grid view that Nick showed. I'll add that column in. Right, so now I've got right, base address size and end address. Mm. And you'll see this updates just like before. This updates completely automatically as I go back and forth. Yeah. Right. Okay, so let's, let's go over to something else for one second. Um, I've got another debugger instance up here. Whoops. And this one... I want to show you um, a couple new things that we've done in JavaScript. These don't necessarily um, specific to WinDBG Preview, but they help you in that iterative process. Yeah. Right, so there's two of these that I want to show. One of these is, so I've got a, I've got a data structure here. Um, I've used this as a sample app in a number of talks. It has a dictionary that it's added a bunch of words to, and that dictionary is a, is a try, right? So it's got a root node and every child, right? There's an, uh, one letter, right? And each of, each of those has a set of children, which is the next letters, and some path from that root down through the tree to a node that's marked is a word. So each, child, each, each parent can have 26 children? Yes. Yep. Plus weird, plus weird characters. Right. So I can, I, we've shown this with NatViz before, and I can walk this, and I can look at all these things and what their characters are. But I wrote a little debugger extension. Let me open this. So... There we go. And again, I'll redock my window. And so this is a little bit more advanced, right? There's a, I don't know, 60, 70 lines of code here. I guess almost 100. Yeah. And one of the things that I want to show about this is we've added this new concept called the function alias. So one of the, th one of the pieces of feedback that we heard from a number of people is, it's great. We've got these functions. How do we call them? We've got this really long script contents dot or scripts dot name dot contents dot function mm -hmm. that they have to type in. They'd love to have the simplicity of a bang command. Yep. Right? And so we added this thing called a function alias. And you give it a function, you give it a name, and now you can run over here, show, and I'll get tab completion on this, just like yep. I would, right? Bang syntax, yet I'm getting syntactic tab completion. And I'm going to pass that dictionary. And it runs this. Now, this is not necessarily um, 
the best way to have written this, this just spits out like a classic bang extension. Yep. It could have returned an object model, and then you'd get all the hyperlinks and everything through that. Yeah. This is just an example. And so I can see all these words in here, right? And I've got this through this, through this bang extension syntax. Mm -hmm. um, one of the other things, and, and what makes this experience, again, very powerful, when I was developing the script, right, you never get something right the first time. No, of course right? not. Like, ran into all sorts of little problems, and I'm like, well, how do I actually find this problem, right? Yeah. And we used to have, back when we introduced this, you basically have debug log, right? You've got printf-style debugging. Well, we've introduced a script debugger now for JavaScript in the debugger. Cool. Now, so you're debugging the debugger and the debugger? Kind of, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> you debugging are, with a debugger and the debugger. <laughs> yes, you've got, a, you've got a script debugger inside the debugger. Um, now, this isn't yet integrated in the UI. It will be at some point in the future. So you have to do this from console. But let me go up here and just make some silly little mistake right in this, um, in this guy here. So, um, I can make is null pointer rather than not an is null pointer. Get rid of the bang on the front. Well, yeah. uh, that's not going to do. Yeah. I want an error. So I'm just oh, going to, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I have oh, a typo. I want an error, right? Yeah, yeah. So I have a typo in this. Oh, logic, yeah. Right? And now, let me, let me, uh, let me save this out. I don't know why that had that problem. And it's executed. And now if I show try dictionary, right? Oh, first child, first native child pointer X is not defined. Now I do get right, the script line and everything yeah. else. But pretend this is something that like, I don't completely understand why this just happened, right? So again, you have to do this from console. It's not integrated the UI yet. So what I can do is I can load this script Oops, script load. Okay, and now I've got back to you know show try, but it's loaded from the from the console, mm -hmm. right? And now I can say script debug try display two .js. and now we're inside this script debugger. Right, so when you're in this context, nothing else in the debugger is going to yeah. work. Like it's all going to be frozen effectively. Yep. Right, you're in the context of a script debugger. You're debugging debugger. You're the, yes. <laughs> so I can do here a bunch of things, and this has commands that are very similar to what WinDBG has by itself. Yep. So I can look at, you know, what are the event filters that I can look at? And oh, I want to break on uh, SXE. Again, a very similar command to WinDBG. Right, I can break on first chance exceptions. Mm -hmm. And I'll get out of the debugger. And we'll run this again. And you can immediately see, right, I hit a script break. There's a first chance exception, right? First child pointer X is not defined, yep. right? Location, line 50, column, and I can see what the line of code is where this happened. Now, maybe for instance, I don't understand how we got into this state, right? I can look at the call stack, right? And I can see. You know, again, the, mm. the position line and column, I can see the full JavaScript call stack as I go through. And I can even do things like, well, maybe I want to stop on this display try node function. Right? So I'm gonna, it's, it's, we're broken at line 82.5. I'll just look at my source for a minute. That's here. This function starts at line 63. So I'm going to set a breakpoint on line 63 of the script. And I'm going to just let it run. So I'm going to go back and say, I'm going to do that again. Now, now I'm at that breakpoint, right? I'm at this point in my code, 
And I can start stepping like I would do in the debugger, right? Step over, step over. I can look at local variables. I can do uh, expression evaluation, right? Yeah. I do all sorts of things that you can do in a JavaScript debugger. And I can continue through this and, right, well, for var child of node.children, I want to step into that. Where did we go? We're now at line 47 in the script. Right, and I can get this experience where you know now I'm at the, the children yeah. attribute, right, and I can step through this and I can see where and why my script has this bug yeah. in it, right? And then just go fix it and go back to the, the UI context. Yeah, it's very cool. Right. Fix my bug over here. It's, it's, and it's, do that. it's the traditional debugging experience. Yeah, you know, step by step, watching yes. it as it goes through. Yep. That's very cool. So awesome. Well, that's a, I think it's a quite a large amount of um, progress in the debugger, a lot of power, a lot of um, ease of use as well. Yes. The more we get into the object model and, and this easier scripting in the co collective data set, I think the easier it's going to be for everybody. And I know we're, we're investing in getting the data in there and investing in getting the data out. So yep. it's great to see. Well, thank you for that. Thank you Good for see having you again. me on. As always, put your questions and comments below in the show notes. And we will see you next week on Defract Tools. Thanks, everyone.